the genre, your source for everything cool about gaming. It's episode 50, and I'm Rhodes Clark. I am Mikey Krieger. Um, welcome, one, welcome all to this, another episode of your favorite podcast. I could have, like, um, read the intro, but I, like, that intro threw me off. Yeah. Like, not in, in, a, in a good way. Different. I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm engaged um, now. I'm on the edge <clears> of my good. seat. I paid yeah. for a whole seat, but it turns out I don't need it. No, you only need the edge. Most people only need the edge when they're talking to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just keep everyone so, like, enraptured. Rhodes, um, the rapture Clark. Mm-hmm. 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 You're going to get uh, left behind if you're not paying attention to Rhodes, the rapture Clark. Yeah. You referenced, in a way, two video games there, Bioshock and The Last of Us. I was referencing Left Behind, the movie and books about the rapture. Oh. Okay. <laughs> well, I've never heard of those, so no, never mind. You, you were not missing out on much. Okay. Hey, so video games. Video games, you, am I right? Yeah. What are you right. playing? Uh, Monster Hunter, and I all I've been thinking about is Monster Hunter, and my coworkers are mostly all playing Monster Hunter, and so I go to are you work playing with your coworkers. Uh, no, we're acquaintances, not like friends. Yeah, you wouldn't game with them. Um. No, like, I have a pretty but, limited pool of gamer friends. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. On, honestly, it's because they each have like a full like party of oh, um, yeah. four total that they're playing with. Yeah. Um, I have a couple of friends I've been playing with, just not my coworkers. And mm-hmm. uh, one group is like way, way like deep into the end game. And okay. I think I'm maybe about halfway through the story mode. Um, mm. And then uh, my other coworker, I think, is like just starting. Oh, uh, two are way ahead of me. One's just starting, and then I'm about halfway through. So neither of us are like together in terms of like progress. Yeah. Um. How does the story mode work? Um. So it's basically just. Uh, Is it just like an excuse to go hunt certain monsters and then more or less like I, I think the end game. Yeah, I, I. It definitely um, kind of like eases you into like a decent progression uh loop of like like learning different mechanics and abilities like under the kind of guise of like a narrative um like the premise is that uh in monster hunter world you're going to new island um this is my first monster hunter experience so i don't know what mm-hmm. exactly the um setting and typical like narrative structure of monster or hunter games lore. is yeah, yeah, like, I, I don't know if each game is like, oh, welcome to a new area. Like, and welcome right. to a, a new world. But, like, in this game... Welcome you, to the new age, to the new age. Yeah, um, when you imagine all of the dragons that you're going to fight yeah. in Monster Hunter. Um, right. Yes, so the game starts, um, you are part of the fifth fleet heading to the new world. Um, you're, like, the fifth generation of uh, people, like, coming to settle this kind of um, really, like still wild and un uh like colonized uh like big landmass mm-hmm. and you like when you arrive like it like this giant like island sized dragon um like just totally di- like wrecks your entire shit and so um the game like the overarching narrative is to like track down and capture this giant elder dragon um and along the way you are like ha- like you have to go and like, oh, we need to go get this resource, but um, like we like we need to get oh like it'll be like oh we need to get this resource that you can um, that you can gather from like defeating these monsters, and then like 
taking their parts or, you know, oh, we need to get through this area, but there's a giant Anjanath, like, uh, blocking this territory, so we need you to go take him out. Or, hey, go check out this area. And, like, oh, there's a monster here. Um, yeah. And it, it does a really good job at, like, um, scaling the monsters so that, like, it's slowly forcing you to, like, use new mechanics. Because when you start off, you can just go in there and you can just go hunt. And you can, huh. you know, get by by just going in there kind of blindly, um, you know, not really knowing how combat works all that well and um, just step-by-step step kind of making your way. And then as you fight bigger monsters, like, I think it starts introducing, like, status effects on, like, the third or fourth monster where you fight um, the Puke Puke, who is a poison, like, chameleon bird thing. Um, uh-huh. And so, like, at that point, you start, like, managing those resources and then you start managing like slow effects and stun um, and it slowly starts working your, your way up to where you need to start like planning for these different things. And just, it it does a a really good job at not throwing everything at you, even though um, it doesn't do a great job at like kind of explaining a lot of the smaller things, like part of the reward of um, like part of like the funness, like reward that you get from playing the game is like kind of climbing that mountain and getting to that point where um, like you start becoming capable and uh, like confident in your ability to go out and do this. And it really feels earned. Yeah. Um, even like going in, um, I've, you know, the people that I've kind of like made played, I've like, like, Oh, here's a beginner's guide that like kind of teaches you a lot of these main things. Like it still takes the act of doing these things to get to the point where you're like really competent and, uh, literate in like the game's mechanics and systems. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I feel like it's, it's just, it's so rewarding. And like the introduction of new monsters and, um, like I was telling you, I'm at like hour 25 and I feel like I'm halfway through this story that like, isn't much of a story. And that's because you like, there's a loop of things where, you know, between these like story quests, um, you need to do like a, like a little bit of grinding and like, you start familiarizing yourself with the world and you start learning where, um, like all like the maps are static and where um like resources and traps and um like nests for monsters are are static so mm-hmm. like you you between like the major story missions you're going and you are doing these smaller missions that can be either like taking out the small monsters or uh hunting monsters that you found before or um a monster that you've hunted before this time you need to capture it which means you get it like you know Two th- two of take out like two thirds of its health and then like lay a trap and tranquilize it. So yeah, um, and then you get more um, rewards like more um, more materials from the monsters that you hunt by capturing instead of just hunting them outright. And yeah. uh, and through that you start like memorizing the maps. And so whenever you're th- doing these like bigger, longer, more intensive hunts that can take you know anywhere between like. Uh, 25 to 50 minutes to do like there'll be like an engagement like you'll track down the monster you'll engage with it it'll break off and instead of like chasing it down and going and like taking it out like that's when you take stock where it's like okay if you have um like if you're using any kind of melee weapon you need to like use a whetstone to like sharpen your blade again um if you're using a gun you can like um you know go through reloading each type of ammo that you have or um you can go and like, like I'm playing with a heavy bow gun, which is like the, the real, the really big hefty gun. Is that and a Final Fantasy weapon? 
Um, no, it's it's basically just like a like a really giant crossbow. Oh, cool. Um, like that, that's what it looks like, but it works more just like a really big ass gun. Yeah. Um, but um, so with that, like I use that a lot, and my favorite ammo is the uh, slicing ammo, which does slicing am- damage. So like if you are uh, trying to like. So like you can target different parts of monsters that will get you different resources. Mm-hmm. So um, if I'm fighting a monster with a tail that's severable, um, I am like using my slicing ammo and aiming for its tail um, to try to sever it and get the pieces of that. And so like while you're hunting, like you're targeting different parts of the monster um, to get certain uh, to get certain resources from it. And mm-hmm. um, the more times that you hunt it, the more information you get about like um, where it's vulnerable. Um, what damage, like what types of damage it's weak to, um, and where targeting certain body parts will get you, uh, what resources. And so, um, and then like, I'm not to the end game yet, but translating to the end game, like whenever, like at that point you need to go into every mission, like specialize with, okay, I need to go out with this armor set with these abilities. I need to bring this specific type of weapon because, like there are different like upgrade trees where it's like, Oh, this is my, um, like I'm using the switch ax, but like, here's my like water elemental switch ax. Here's my, um, you know, poison resist switch ax. Here's my just pure damage switch ax. So like whenever you get to like to the late game, you need to like start like planning those hunts that way. And like, I've been watching, um, I've been watching streams in the way that I haven't since like I was in like peak PUBG fever where waypoints playing, yeah, it's funny. Like, uh, I would, I, I was the same way with PUBG, where I was just like watching everyone else play it, and that mm. enhanced the way I was playing it. Yeah, and uh, it kind of made me want to build a PC and start playing PUBG with everyone. And yeah. like, there's nothing about Monster Hunter from what I've seen that is like fun to watch for a very long time for me. It's not like scratching the same itch that a uh, PUBG was for me. Yeah, it, but, but yeah, it's cool that like so you're you're watching Waypoint. Yeah, I'm watching Waypoint and Polygon played a lot. Um, nice. It's Griffin and Pat playing at Polygon, and then Patrick and Austin playing at Waypoint. Um, Are they still going by Crowbar and Sickle? Uh, not that I've noticed. Um, okay. Which is kind of upsetting, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Polygons especially because Pat, um, Pat is like, I wouldn't say expert, but like he is definitely like very a, good at the game a monster hunter dude yeah um and griffin has uh like an intermediate skill set like he's played played i think the two before on 3ds like quite a bit mm-hmm. um and like it's, it's it's really fun watching them play because they have like a pretty solid uh grip on what they're doing even though like and it, actually like my favorite thing that they did was that um they were doing a hunt and they each start like picked a weapon that they uh, neither of them had ever played before mm-hmm. um for pat he started using the uh uh the hunter's horn which is a um like buff item so like it, it's literally just a giant bagpipe that doubles as like a big club um and you can like play songs with it that like give stat buffs and it's definitely like the most um like technical and like hard to like learn and master weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Griffin started using the hunt, like the heavy bow gun and he had the exact same like progression of like realizing like how 
like how fun it is to play that and like the exact same way that I was and like that's like journey of discovery like was like really cool like because they've like Griffin's played at least like a couple hundred hours of Monster Hunter across different mm-hmm. games and like and he still had yet to like actually play with um you know one of the weapon classes that's been in the series for like I think almost its beginning yeah. um and like him just like picking it up like even him like playing hundreds of hours that of that game and like something core to the experience that he hadn't yet like done before and like finding joy in that like like yeah. it is really cool because like it yeah it gives you like 14 or 16 there's 16 different weapons i believe um wow. yeah different weapon classes that then each have their own like massive trees of upgrading um and they each That's crazy yeah they, and like honestly they each like control differently um mm-hmm. and like it's basic it's like not even like a different class like it's it's just like it radically changes the way that the game works and like finding what weapon is like your weapon um because yeah i've been playing with heavy bow gun uh my roommate evan's playing with the hammer mm-hmm. uh all my coworkers are each playing with a different weapon um my friend who's like who is like an expert monster hunter player like she has her two weapons that she uses and like it's 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 really neat um like i'm glad I, you're liking it um like i r- r- real quick my yeah, my, yeah. my elevator pitch for you and brian would be like it has yeah. like a, a lot of the preparation stuff of um kind of like a PUBG where it's like you're gathering things and like you're like putting things together like last minute trying to s- scramble um mm-hmm. also a little bit with like the preparation of like an mmo um mm-hmm. with kind of like it's definitely a little bit more arcadey and like um not as um like moment to moment uh lethal yeah. and dangerous but like the combat is very souls like okay and i know that, i know that's not your the main like, why you like the souls games but what i um, what i think yeah no i i i appreciate trying to like come up with like a a, a comparison or something and i i've heard other people describe the combat as souls like in a way but it was actually james faulkner on rebel fm who vocalized or verbalized for me what i felt when i tried it at your place and granted i only played it for like five ten minutes because people came over and um but with bloodborne and dark souls you can you you do commit to attacks and you have like animation priority um but you can dodge out of things Mm -hmm. sometimes i think you can like do cancels sort of Mm -hmm. and then also you can you pretty much have free reign over your what direction your character's facing Mm -hmm. in Bloodborne and Dark Souls. And when I played Monster Hunter World, I sort of got the sense that, like, once you commit to a direction, you're committing to see the entire attack through, and you cannot, like, change your angle too much mid-combo. Like, I Um, I had a hard time. I feel like I didn't really have much control over that um, sort of stuff. Yeah, I, I... I think where Dark Souls is like, uh, like gameplay wise, it's like incredibly focused on having like super tight combat. Yeah. Where Monster Hunters is definitely a little bit, um, I don't want to say necessarily obtuse, but it's definitely on a like, like the precision isn't what's crazy about like, like that game is like kind of by design, like over the top, just like the weapon designs and like the nature of like the monsters you're fighting. And, um, there's also 
like I, I feel like that part makes a lot more sense when you play multiplayer. Because mm-hmm. um, when you have four people there together, like all kind of taking on this one thing, like, um, like yeah, like there definitely is a little less forgiveness in terms of like backing out of like a combo, but that comes with being able to understand, like read a monster's um, like attack patterns and like read his actions, and then like engaging from there. Um, like, because you were just playing in the training area, so like whenever you're just like yeah. up against a bunch of boxes. Um, yeah. It's hard to like really kind of gauge what the like combat experience is going to be like. It's definitely right. something that like, um, and I know that like I think I bitched about this kind of pitch before on the show, but um, like because I hate like when people talk about a show and it's like oh like wait until like the second or third season that's when it gets right. really good. Um, right. Like yeah, like I started playing with a certain weapon, um, and I think actually on Waypoint they were like literally talking about the exact experience that I had. Like, right. Where you pick the dual blades. Yeah. You pick the dual blades and like, it seems like the most familiar and then it gets really boring and then it clicks into something else. Yeah. Like it's a really good weapon for just kind of like understanding like the general premise of how combat's going to work in the game. But as you start like scaling and learning and need to like progress farther, like you switch weapons, you like, you kind of figure like out what you might be into. And like, it takes like a hunt I would say to like really appreciate a weapon and what it can do. And like for the more complex ones, like a little bit longer. Um, but I, I feel like if you do like a little bit of research, you can kind of figure out what might be your, like yeah your thing. Um, it's definitely a game that you need to like at least come in like open-minded to, to like learning and like yeah. accepting this kind of, uh, commitment. Yeah. Um, let me let me ask you real quick. Yeah. Um, have you been following the? I, I would say that Austin over at Waypoint, like, kind of pioneered this or like this thought, you know, mm-hmm. about it's. Uh, the game's not probably not intending to do this, but it, it definitely like leans into this, uh, like Western colonialism vibe. Like mm-hmm. in previous Monster Hunters, apparently, like I just want to set this up real quick. From what I've read, like there was a little bit more thought into your role as a hunter like you might have been like resetting ecological systems that were overrun due to like monster over like being overrun by a certain type of monster and like this one because of that idea of like hey we're settling this new land we have to kill all the monsters to make it our own like and i remember even in my brief time because i I was in the training zone but i did fight one monster (laughs) and that one monster started limping away from me and it was like this weird it's kind of sad. Like, yeah. So how, 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 like, are you affected by that? Are you thinking about that? What, what is your experience with that? Yeah, no, um, I did listen to Austin talk about that. And like, I definitely do wish that there was a bit more, like, I do think there's a lot of interesting, like narrative stuff that they could touch on there in terms of, yeah, like you're, especially you being like a brand new arrival. You're the fifth generation of, uh, settlers to like migrate over into this world. And so, like, at this point, like, they've got a bit of, like, civilization down. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, like, there's, I mean, there's a bit of, um, there's a bit of that where, like, it does feel a little, like, oh, yeah, we're just kind of coming out here and, you know, we're, you know, just, like, explicitly, like, hunting these creatures. And we're, yeah, especially, like, the fact that, like, oh, we're taking them and we're, like, turning them into weapons to kill more monsters. Sure. Um, it's a little off, but, like, um, 
but it's like, kind of cool that like a game it, it would take a game going in this direction deviating from its previous entries mm. to make us even think about something like this you know what yeah I mean? no I and like, like i don't know uh it's it's exciting that games have the potential to like make you consider your actions um yeah and sometimes it takes a really egregious example to like maybe reflect a little bit more yeah and i, I definitely don't feel like it's I don't feel like grossed out necessarily yeah. by it. Like, no, no, no. Cause like you, you'll, just, yeah, yeah, like you, you'll go to an area, like not necessarily like looking for shit and like, and then shit comes at you. Like whenever mm-hmm. you're fighting like, um, a, so, and like, I, I feel like there's actually like mechanically something about it. Cause the first time you face something, you're like, holy shit, I'm getting like destroyed. Like this is like a little terrifying. And then like you, power up like over the course of time and then you come back and like you face that monster again you're like oh no this is nothing like mm-hmm. you're, you're nothing to me now and so like the first like once you complete the um initial like three missions or so for an area you can go back and just kind of or at any point you can go back and do free roaming stuff but once you do those like three missions when you go back and you free roam then like the areas like apex predator shows up and like for the first few it is just like um like those like kind of like flying dragon looking things and they're Mm -hmm. fucking terrifying and they're like super hard to kill and so like you definitely kind of like get put in your place on the food chain um and yeah like there's definitely something uh mechanically that um like this struggle against nature um like we're like things want to kill you and they will like pretty handily and mm-hmm. whenever you like level up and you go back and then it's like, Oh no, I'm actually like, I'm good. I, I like, you're not a threat to me anymore. Um, interesting. Yeah. Like there's, there's something there and I, I do kind of wish that there was something like more explicitly narrative about, um, like, I don't don't, don't even necessarily need to be like eco-conscious or something. And right. like the world of the game, um, you know, because we're applying different like rules of morality that exist in like a pretty, tame civilized society and applying mm-hmm. them to this fictionalized a little bit more. Um, right. Um, like I, I th- the thing that's weird is that it's really pretty well industrialized, but it's still not like quite as like advanced and modern. So it, it, it's a, this weird vibe where it's like, it does kind of feel like it's a primitive world where like maybe this, like this isn't so, um, like like our like kind of like modern sensibilities don't apply, but like it does kind of contrast with how industrialized it is um, in terms yeah. of like like the place where you like you equip weapons like the furnace is just like super massive and like they have these like um like this elevator system that's like just like this constant um like chain like like it's this chain that's like going like from the top floor down to like to the main floor and like whenever you go want to go to like fast travel in like the main hub, like you just go to the elevator and like the premise is that you like, you just like, you ride it up to the different floors and it drops you off at, um, like at the canteen or drops you off at the workshop or wherever. And like they have like airships and shit. And so even though like this, like everyone's wearing like furs and, um, everything's like made of, um, like pieces of wood, like just like cobbled together. Like they still do have like this industrialized, uh, like economy. And it's, yeah. it's, it's a little weird. Like there's a lot of interesting things that are going on. Um, right. But yeah, it would be cool to get some kind of actual like explicit narrative, um, 
theme like justification or something. Yeah, yeah. like just just like a, like some kind of theme of like oh hey like we're fucking with nature. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm speaking of fucking with nature. Mm-hmm. Um, I played Star Wars Battlefront Two. Yeah. That has nothing to do with fucking with nature. Um, but Brian and I talked about it last week. Speaking of which, uh, I don't know where Brian is. Do you know where Brian is? Um, he is traveling for work. Traveling for work. But I, yeah. yeah, I don't know where. I mean, to I, where? I think on Snapchat he said he was in Bellevue. Oh, well, just <laughs> I just come over. <laughs> I I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so it, we talked about it last week, but EA kind of came out and said something about how they're now Battlefront Two didn't meet its targets because of all the controversy, and that in the coming weeks they will be putting microtransactions back into the game. And uh, I don't know what it was about that statement or just thinking about it. I, I decided to boot it back up because it, it had been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, immediately I noticed that they're trying to cycle in like underplayed maps or like the new content a little bit more um, mm-hmm. and trying to get you to play different game modes, which I think is having a problem or it's creating a problem of like people are kind of spread out across all it, all of its different modes yeah, and there are fewer people playing overall. So what I noticed was games took a much longer time to like match make and get into game mm-hmm. um, than than a couple of months ago. But uh, other than that, I, I don't know what I was expecting. I was maybe expecting some like gameplay tweaks or or something to make it feel a little different. But I'm pretty sure that this is like the same game <laughs> uh, as as when it came out. Mm-hmm. And and I checked like the EA news thing that's built into Origin, and they have a uh, an update that says like in the coming months the progression system, aside from the microtransactions, I guess will be totally revamped or tweaked or something. Yeah, they're, they're intentionally vague, you know. Yeah, um, well, and whenever like the initial controversy happened, like they yeah. they said explicitly that like they're putting in a temporary change to how the game was going right. to work. Right. So, well, so like, all they did was take out the ability to use in-game money. They didn't change anything about how you, aside from like they adjusted the rate at which you earned points, but like the progression system at its core is still based around using in-game credits to buy loot boxes to get cards for your soldier classes, which takes a long time. It doesn't feel good, especially if you're not using a certain type of class. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, they said in this news update that the progression system will change in the coming weeks. And by that time it'll be like March. And I feel like it's too little too late. Like I I was expecting, and you know, it's, uh, I can't expect them to make game changing fixes months after, like within the first couple months. Cause that's Mm -hmm. just asking too much of a team. That's probably already overworked, but like it just, I feel, I kind of feel for them, not EA and like, the people who are making these weird shitty decisions, but, dice but I feel for this, the dice motive and criterion who are all yeah. trying to like, probably trying to make a pretty good game with li- the resources and like restrictions that they have, you know? Mm. Um, so I'm curious about this, what this progression system will bring, if it will make it feel better, but it's made me sort of think about progression systems as a, as a whole. And the last one that I remember feeling like really good was Titanfall two because it rewarded you quickly and um, there's enough customization and like the colors and skins and stuff that I don't, I just, I know there's like canonical reasons why you can't fuck with star Wars, but 
Yeah. I kind of suck. And like, just do it. Like people don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, we got years and years of weird, like bad Star Wars stuff. And like, I, I don't know. Yeah. No. So, I don't. So, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I just want, yeah, I want more Star Wars stuff. Like, I don't care if it like doesn't necessarily fit the, you know, the exact box that we have for right. Star Wars. Like, you know, I, I, I don't mean this to complain about the last Jedi, but it's like Ryan Johnson did a lot to star Wars with the last Jedi. And yeah. like, why don't we empower more creators to make those decisions? Like I understand that you want Lucasfilm to be like the end all be all for what happens to star Wars, but like bring them in on the process, like make sure that, yeah. you know, have them in it as like, quality like assurance. based on what they let Ryan Johnson do that. They're pretty game to try stuff. Like, yeah, I, I, so. I think the thing is that maybe like, my thought process is that they don't understand games enough to like make the assurances that they're going to make a high quality, uh, like they're going to make a high quality video game to release. Uh, where like, you know, they know film, they know TV, um, Marvel knows comics. Like they're letting those avenues like really get kind of like interesting and creative and put like push the box a little bit, uh, or push the envelope a little bit in terms of like what they're going to put out because they have such a like tight hold. And like, I feel like video games are so, um, you know, like some studios, like they just make fucking good games. Like from software just makes fucking good games. Nintendo, um, you know, like they make, yeah. <laughs> they know how to make good fucking games. Like there's just like, yeah, it's, it's, I feel like it's just so easy to, you know, have one little thing like, you know, solely an experience that they're just hesitant to let a video game developer like push the envelope with Star Wars, which again really sucks because like Knights of the Old Republic is for a lot of people yeah. is like uh like their like favorite piece of Star Wars like anything. Right. I I think it'd be kinda cool if they I can't imagine that Disney will extend the license to EA after no. the contract is up after no. all this. And like it made sense on paper, but these people need to stop looking at what makes sense on paper and really find someone at Luke like Lucasfilm should hire someone who's like worked with developers or something. Like if Lucasfilm had a Phil Spencer, if Lucasfilm had a Shuhei Yoshida who's just like head of just like covered the like just knew what would work with games. And then it would be cool if they like did what the Warhammer license holders do, where they just like let people make games for it. And to control the like output you can yeah. do like a non-financial like bid like yeah. just like pitch lucasfilm every year or whatever it would take yeah i, and I, I let I them think award the the rights to make a game and like you could have a pretty steady output without competing with yourself yeah, I, I i don't think that they should just like ex- like outright hand uh the license to a publisher um mm-hmm. i mean like i feel like disney wouldn't wouldn't stray away from that because they just want to hand it off to somebody and like wipe their hands of it. Um, but like yeah. when you talk about like bringing in a person to like shepherd this process along, like um, someone who understands how games are made. Yeah. You know, like yeah. my, my initial thought was like Adam boys would be fucking great at that job. Totally. He I, seems pretty happy at iron galaxy, but, but yeah, totally. I, yeah. And I, I which, yeah. like, Good for like, yeah, by all means, he's ha- yeah. like, he's happy. Good for him. Like, but you're right. He'd, like, he'd be like, the perfect person for yeah, it. Yeah. But if they were just to be like, oh, hey, like we want you to be in charge of Star Wars video games. Like I'm even though like he works with a lot of his friends, like 
he yeah at least I'd be tempted by that um yeah like he, he that dude knows how to fucking curate good ass games like him and Shuhei Yoshida are re- basically responsible for like turning around the PS3 right but um, but also there there are smaller names like do you know who Nick Sutner is uh I know that name but like he I was can't. like he, he did like developer relations for like the indie scene for PlayStation so he oh, was kind of head of that for yeah, a while yeah like and like they, totally turned them around yeah so um, yeah the like PS Heart Indies like yeah i think they he, had. Kind of, he might have spearheaded yeah. some of that um so but yeah like and i think that they should have like a similar approach to how like playstation would like like oh yeah you come and you br- you make this game of star wars for us like i i think kind of having that route where like what a like hardware publisher would do mm-hmm. do that like do that kind of like tr- trust the right studios to make the right game yeah. As opposed to like trust the right publisher to just take over this process entirely. Like, right. Yeah. Like fucking give insomniac a game, give, you know, um, trying to think of one that's not like exclusively like bought out, like fucking, you know, I don't think retro is like actually owned by Nintendo. They just like exclusively make Nintendo games because they do. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. But like, like if retro isn't, you know, locked into like, I don't see even if they are just make, make a fucking dope ass switch star Wars game. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I would think like even going smaller, like, well, it's not necessarily smaller, but can you imagine if the guys who made or the folks who made uh, XCOM made like some sort of oh star Wars? Yeah. Kind of like a, in the same way that Mario plus Rabbids was like an entry point for that series. You could yeah. do the same sort of thing, but with star Wars, I think that'd be cool. Or if you're going to have a publisher make star Wars games, give it to devolver see like that would also be cool and then you could get people like the hotline miami team making a weird ass star wars game god that'd be so fucking rad uh huh yeah no like i i think some more like weird pixel art star wars games would be cool like i'm because it's like put fucking tiny death star back on the app store right but also like ftl into the breach style oh my god yeah make like it'd be cool so like and honestly like so uh Oh, give it to Vlambeer. So, ooh, ooh, that'd that'd be great. Um, (laughs) so actually like, uh, a topic that I like is a personal topic I could have brought, um, which Mm -hmm. I'm bringing now audible baby. Um, this past week, uh, my D and D campaign at work ended and, Mm -hmm. um, like my, our, our DM actually did a really good job at like wrapping it up. Um, even like we kind of abandoned our like larger quest, but we found like a greater purpose and, um, and like we, we wanted to move on to the next thing we're doing, which is star Wars. Um, we're going to be playing edge of the empire. And like, we threw the idea out, um, about, uh, like, Hey, we should do a party of all droids, um, which we're doing. And like our GM's first response was, I'm going to give you guys, like, I just see you guys now in just like this totally like rundown ship with like a giant fucking hole in it that's still like operable since you guys don't need to worry about atmosphere at all. Like I think that'd be like really fucking cool. And then I was like, yeah, kind of like FTL. Like there's a ship that doesn't have like any like oxygen systems. Cause like none of the starting like crew, like need oxygen. Um, and like I actually literally had the thought of a star Wars FTL, like where you're just like a bunch of like smugglers, like hopping around, like, uh, like, evading the empire it's like yeah, yeah that sounds fucking rad as hell and then you can like, just reskin ftl with star wars shit yeah and like whenever you Rebels go to like a hostile uh system it's like oh this is a hut controlled system yeah it's like oh this yeah. is a black sun controlled system mm-hmm. like like cool Damn. dope like you TM, just made TM, a f- TM, TM. you just made a fucking like dope ass star wars game that i'm gonna 
pay whatever yeah. you want me for, and I'm going to play infinitely. Um, um, b- before we move on from Battlefront 2, I just want to say that I actually yeah. still think the game is good. I think that the space combat in particular still feels really great. Um, it's being played by people who are very good at it now, so I just get steamrolled yeah. every time. Yeah, I play. That's, that's too bad. Yeah, so I'm contemplating buying a another yeah another PS4 because the one I have is really loud even after I took it apart and cleaned it. <laughs> Dude, um, I'm so worried about your PlayStation the entire time yeah. you're using it. No, it, it's it's fucking crazy. Um, yeah, but I also want one uh, for my room because I mean like. I mean, the, yeah. one, the one in my in our living room is mine, um, mm-hmm. but I want one, like a lot of people use it, and so I want one for my room, so I'm right. contemplating getting one. It's like, why wouldn't I just buy the Star Wars bundle if it's the same price as the other one? And then, like, I can tr- try playing Battlefront and just trade it in and, you know, get like 15, 20 bucks for it. But, yeah, I mean, that's still 15, 20 bucks that I wouldn't get if I just bought a, totally. a Star Wars-less PS4, so... I might yeah. play a little bit of Battlefront 2 and I'll let you... I can finally give you some my takes on it. Yeah, that'd be good. And then I uh, I was kind of home alone this weekend and I thought, like, sweet, I'll like, like I'll just play video games like I used yeah. to, just, like, nonstop, right? But then the Wet Bandit showed up. Yeah, and then I had to, like, fend them off, so I had to, like, spend more time that I would be playing games, like, setting up traps and stuff. Yeah, and, like, and, like, throwing bricks th- off Throwing marbles all over the floor. Mm-hmm putting water um, bucket above the door yeah and like putting yeah. a slip and slide yeah. at the entrance to my God home damn so joe pesci I in. yeah this Why is doesn't keep bothering respect. me i mean um so i uh, r- real quick would that just be like your individual apartment or your apartment complex if you had a home alone scenario going on because i really hope um, it's just your apartment it would be just my apartment because the, 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 the four <laughs> rooms in here <laughs> that, that, that's including a, a bathroom yes yeah. yes Sweet, yeah. Because so, yeah, yeah, Kevin, uh, Kevin McAllister's house was fucking huge. Yeah, he's a spoiled little brat. Why, why do we never talk about that? That's the real thing. Yeah, like, we like, all relate to him so hard, but yeah, he's richer than we'll ever be. Yeah, he's well, he was Richie Rich. That's true. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I had this like grand vision of playing <laughs> a bunch of games and like getting really into Dark Souls two and and like beating Prey, so I could finally talk to Brian about it and I played like 10 minutes of prey and it makes me really anxious and i actually don't think i'm like particularly good at it so that when i hit i think i entered a room where i was i met a a particularly tough enemy for the first time and it gives you plenty of options to like sneak around it maybe you don't have to fight it or like set off traps and stuff like kind of like similar to bioshock Hmm. but there's just something about it. When I get in a combat scenario, I, I, in a really uncomfortable way, I lose control over like my actions and I, I don't know. I'm just not feeling it. And I, I want to keep trying cause I think the setting and the story is really cool and I might bump up the difficult or bump the difficulty down to easy and, and just, I don't know, yeah. but I, I, I want to be challenged by it, you know? Yeah. It's no, just like not I, in a way that I appreciate. And I, 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 I like set up my steam link in the other room cause I thought it might be a, Mm. controller issue like maybe i just need to play on a couch yeah like in the way i'm familiar with and and it totally wasn't that <laughs> it was just yeah no and, um yeah. i totally get that i'm running into the same thing with prey um yeah like part of it is that there's a handful of other games that i like since i started prey i've gotten into like monster yeah. hunter i've started and beat celeste um 
I played a bit of Stardew Valley for a stretch and just like now trying to get back into it, even though I wasn't like super deep into it. I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just I'm not really feeling it. And I kind of wish that, um, I wish that it kind of did just have a way of circumventing a lot of like the combat stuff. I know that that's important to the game. Um, yeah. But yeah. like, and I'm, I'll say it the same thing with Yakuza and that's more because I put so much time away from it that like the high yeah. level combat um, that you're in at, at like towards the end of the game, I'm just like, oh shit, I totally forgot how to, you know, like even though it's a Do pretty this. simple game, but like, yeah, I, I got basically like to the very end of that game and then um, something else came out and I put it down and I want to finish it and like I'm probably just going to crank it down to like the easiest difficulty and push my way yeah. through it like because I do want to play Kiwami, I do want to play Six. Um, yeah, you got a lot of there's tons of Yakuza now. <laughs> yeah, um, and I, I I think that's like that's a good series to like be gaining yeah um, a following like it's yeah like the the crime drama of that game is very good but um yeah like i i'm hitting the same thing and honestly for things that aren't monster hunter like i've run into the same problem and it's yeah. re- it's really weird like uh we were talking about this a little bit before when uh your wife came in and uh mm-hmm. kind of started the conversation but like despite me not having like a like network of games that I get uh, people that I play games with very much. Yeah. Um, like I've been really drawn to, uh, like online multiplayer games lately. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I want to like, like when we were playing destiny Two, like that was so cool. Yeah. Like, it was, that was just, a lot of fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun to do that. And like monster hunter, I'm like scratching a bit of that same itch. Like actually I think it was GameSpot had like, uh, a video or article that's like, oh, hey, like, buy Destiny 2, like, hello, Monster Hunter, like, just like, and it was kind of like, yeah, actually, like, that's how this game feels to me, like, even though it's a bit more engaging um, than Destiny, like, it's scratches that same kind of like, oh, let's party up and, like, have a good time, but, like, right, um, yeah, like, it's, it's doing a lot of that same stuff, and, like, the other game that I'm really, really excited about right now is uh, Sea of Thieves, yeah. and, like, for the same reason. And, and that is a game that like I legit, like I legitimately almost have too many people lined up to like try and play that game with. <sighs> um, cause like assuming you and Brian are into it, I've got you two. Yeah. I think, I think we determined that it will be available on Xbox game pass. Yes. On PC. So, yeah. So, so give me 10 fucking bucks. Yeah. Um, and then you have access to a bunch of other stuff and like, and I told my, a few of my coworkers that and they're like, same thing, like, Oh, hell yeah. And my roommate's going to play it. And I, co- I have a couple other friends up here that are going to play it. Like, um, especially, especially with that, like, yeah, it's like, like you don't even need a fucking Xbox to use Xbox game pass and just get it for 10 bucks. Or like, yeah. I think you get a free week of game pass, like, um, for your first week. And it's like, mm-hmm. like, yo, you could pay nothing and like, try to play this game with me. And if you like it, then sweet pay 10 bucks for it and if not then like then cool you gave it a shot yeah. and that's what matters like exactly but yeah like sea of thieves like um like after watching like like a after missing the beta um which i'm fine with like i think you had to pre-order it to get the beta yeah um yeah. but like after watching like a solid like week of people putting up sea of thieves content i was just like this is like actually the exact kind of game i really want to be playing right now yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully things are clear. Like tasks and goals are clear when the final game comes out. Yeah, how much did you watch of it? I watched enough um, to sort of like I I I, I get it. I, yeah. I think that it's still the 
the time it takes I, to like figure things out is a little slow. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel yeah. like I've, I got to just like by watching like, you know, yeah. after my first hour or two of like watching people play it, I felt like I had a decent grasp on what it was. Like I think if it has like a, um, some kind of like narrative structure or like grander structure yeah. to follow other than just kind of aimlessly going around and accepting like tasks for no reason other than to have tasks. Uh-huh. Um, like if it has something a bit more like any, some like goals to reach, then yeah. I think that's something I could play for a while. Um, if not, then it's like, okay, like, you know, get, get my, ten bucks. Yeah. yeah. Like get my month's worth out of it. And then, yeah. Then cool. That was 10 bucks. Um, either um, way, I'm, I'm excited for um, whatever that game ends up being. Me too. It's a really is. cool idea, and the water looks beautiful. Yes, um, it does. So, yeah, and then I, I thought that, like, I stopped playing Absolver back when it came out because it was a little buggy and mm-hmm. wasn't so, really feeling the combat. I get that and another one mixed up. That is that the, like, martial arts Dark Souls? This is, like, the martial art. Yeah, you're roaming around a 3D yeah. environment. And yeah, it's, I, like, yeah. I played that at packs and um the the people in the booth were like like i think it was like monday of packs so like uh-huh. sure like i get it you're all we're all tired we just all want to go home but uh like i had like no help of like what i was doing i had no idea i got put into a fight with two people yeah and so it's like oh fuck like i have no idea what i'm doing and i'm just getting my shit rocked right now and so i just that's like that's how i feel every time i pick it up and it's too bad okay. because i think yeah. it's really cool and i the, revisiting it it was weird i didn't see like any npcs and i roamed around for like 20 minutes yeah but there were some people who were roaming who were, like were in, in my shared world and they didn't attack me or anything which is thankful for because they could have destroyed me yeah but like i probably just need to restart and probably pick like an easier combat style or something but the game's not very good at like teaching yeah. you its ways which is too bad and then uh like i said i really wanted to be the guy who like thinks that dark souls 2 is the best one and then i i started a new version like a new game and immediately i was like why am i doing this yeah i think dark souls 2 has a really bad tutorial like it does i feel like it takes a little bit of time to get into it Mm -hmm. and then i think uh i'm not used to playing those games at 60 frames per second which dark souls 2 on ps4 is which is bizarre um yeah it just just feels weird um I played like a mission or two in XCOM two and just like, I wasn't feeling anything. Yeah. So I reached this point where I was like, I'm just going to read. I got so bored on Sunday that I like left the house to a coffee shop just so I could finish a star Wars book that I'm reading. That sounds nice. Though. And that it was, you know, it was good. It's just like, maybe it's just a phase, but yeah. I feel like I'm wasting my time every time that I pick up a game lately, which is not a I, great I, feeling. Yeah. I totally get that. But I also just don't do a whole lot else otherwise. Yeah. And I think what I want, you know, I do this podcast because I like to listen to them. I, I like games that I can play while listening to podcasts. And yeah. I imagine Monster Hunter is pretty good at that. It good is. For that. Um, but like fighting games are also really good for that. Mm-hmm. And I really, really want to play Dragon Ball Fighter Z. So do I. Or Fighters because I've been, uh, I started watching Dragon Ball Super. About time. It's so good. I know. Uh, I've only watched two episodes and nothing's really happening yet, but it's just sort no. of setting up where these characters are after yeah. Dragon Ball Z ended. And so you hadn't and seen the two newest movies, correct? No. Does this one... Is it Kai that goes over the two movies or is no, this no. one... So it's okay. this one. Kai is um, basically... Just re- 
yeah, it's, it's Dragon it's, Ball Z without all the filler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Um, so let me go back. So super, the first couple episodes I imagine are like kind of cut up versions of those movies, right? Uh, it's not the yeah. So it's not. It's like the first twenty five episodes is oh, those wow. two movies, and um, with like an intermission between them and like a bit of a setup to start. When I started watching Super, um, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I watched the first few episodes when they aired in Japan, and they ended up here like the, the next day. Um, I was really into it, but, um, Dragon Ball is something I always watch the dub of. Yeah. Um, I think the dubs are really good. They put in a lot of effort with those things. They are, but, um, the dubs are also like, I'm curious what the dub is at now. Episode 49. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. It was about 50. Um, Yeah. So there's the dubs are going to be coming out for a while. Yeah. Um, and yeah, episode 126 just came out. That's Uh, crazy. So, yeah, like I, I got like however many, like 10, 12 episodes in, and I was like, okay, I can't not watch it. It's so good. Um, so yeah. I just got to the point where I was like, I'm just going to deal with the. Uh, I'm going to learn to enjoy the sub, which I have. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I, I, uh, I enjoy it quite a bit, actually. Um, yeah. Dragon Ball Super is capturing a, like, a feeling I had when I was a kid, really enjoying yes. Dragon Ball without any of the, like, baggage complicated stuff in the baggage and yeah it, it seems it's, like it's really do interesting stuff with its characters so yeah like it it was just those like the fucking movies that they did yeah. where like they started like putting in that like really disturbed ass fucking like butt metal and like yeah. it just like created this like kind of culture around it that was just like really shitty and like i feel is disingenuous to what like dragon ball inherently was mm-hmm. um and like to be fair like dbz does lean into a little bit where like the, I, I think the main problem is that they they had to extend, um, especially during like the Android and Cell Saga, they had yeah. to like stall for time to let Akira Toriyama finish, um, the manga, and right. so in doing that, like they f- they fill it with like action, and it just cuts out so much of like the soul of what Dragon Ball was at its core, mm-hmm. um, like, cause like they were like, oh yeah, everyone just likes the punching and fighting. And like, that no. isn't necessarily what I always loved. Like, like I do love it, but that's not why I like Dragon Ball over other things. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah. And super, since Akira Toriyama is working on the show, like everything is being created with him the entire time. Mm-hmm. And so they don't like bog it down with any kind of just filler shit. Like it's totally, um, like it does have like intermission arcs like intermission episodes yeah but, but even those can still be poignant and nice yeah know. like so my favorite one is uh they bring back orale who's the uh the little girl who like she gets an, a lot of time in dragon ball and like a cameo or two in uh dragon mm-hmm. ball z but uh it was akira toriyama's like original character he made about like a little robot girl who's super strong um oh, cool and like yeah and she's in um like a three or four episode stretch of dragon ball um and she's great, and she comes back in super, and it's fan fucking tastic. She fights everyone, um, nice. like, like so. And it's it's after like, w- right after like Goku and Vegeta are fighting like an unstoppable force, like that, like they, like they've been fighting forever. And so then, just this little girl shows up and like starts kicking their asses, and it's fantastic. It's so good. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, like she whoops Vegeta's ass and puts him in his place, and it's just it. After like a really long dramatic arc, just that like break is so fucking nice. Um, 
it's really good. Like Dragon Ball School. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Like Richard Sherman was, was tweeting like immediately following the, uh, the episode airing Saturday nothing. night, like Richard Sherman was tweeting with the Seahawks running back about like their theories on like, who's going to make it to the end of the show and who's going to win this tournament. And, nice. um, and I, like, it was very like, you know, like not to like, Oh, they shouldn't be into it, but it was very like, man, th- these fucking like grown ass dudes who were like, be- like belong in like the super like masculine community, um, and you know, could be in, like, they have the money to be indulging in whatever they fucking want. And they're yeah. just like tweeting their dragon ball, super fan theories. And it just like, it filled me with so much joy. It was awesome. Yeah. Dude. Sherman's like a, a blogger and he posted screenshots of his Fortnite battle Royale win. Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> Nothing but respect for my president. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I was just in a weird gaming funk and that yeah. was all sort of, uh, accentuated by, some of the news stuff has come out this week, but I don't yeah. even know if I want to talk about it. We've been recording for, recording for yeah. a while. Yeah, we, we have been. Uh, maybe you're just sad because you missed your wife. I did miss my wife. Like I was maybe. actually really bored, and I was happy when yeah. she came home. We were like able to watch a show together. and a- Able know, to watch the Super Bowl together? <laughs> a show together. <laughs> uh, we watched Cloverfield when she got home. Yeah. No, I, I, I loved your analysis of the Super Bowl that she sent over Snapchat. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> I call it like I see it, you know, and what I see is a game of football. Yeah. No, like I expected so. <laughs> it to be like a, like a 10, 15 second one. It, no, it was like 40 seconds. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. It was very good. Um, um but, but yeah, long story think, short, uh, Dragon Ball's good. Um, yeah, you should have spent gonna, that time watching, watching more anime. I know that's when I should have gotten into it. Like when I really yeah. should have started it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I've been really conflicted about whether or not I should have you watch the movies um, for these arcs, time for that. no, no, and and that's why I didn't. Um, because yeah. the movies are like they're very great, they're super concise. Um, but that's also one of the strengths of the show is that it does go more in depth with these story arcs. So, um, yeah. I think I might actually go and uh watch the dub, like, like as like my background hmm. thing for now, for Monster Hunter, <laughs> um. Yeah, or yeah. for like, like, oh, I'm going to bed and I'm gonna like, yeah, have put, something on, put half an hour into um. Uh, pick cross or something yeah yeah are you playing the one on switch or 3ds um i actually uh like i did all the puzzles on the switch game uh-huh. um and i like da- I've, I've been downloading apps of pick cross and like they're far uh, okay. inferior to the um nintendo, nintendo ones. ones yeah but uh i honestly i've been playing a lot of sudoku when i'm bored like it's like just yeah. it's like mentally stimulating enough like if i have like 10 minutes at work where i'm like you know, I'm going to like step away from my computer and you know, whatever. Right. Like do a little Sudoku. So I'm a, I, uh, I switched from an, uh, unlimited data plan to a slightly limited uh, yeah. data plan. And just cause I wanted to get off my parents and pay for yeah. my own. Um, got to cut that cord. Yeah. Eventually <laughs> they're already, they, they do still help me out quite a bit. So I don't want to like, no yeah I'm totally no. independent um but just the little ways that i can help but uh that's i'm on day two of that so i'm like trying oh, to wow. um use my phone less and i think this is helping nice you know like i'm more conscious of like what i'm doing on the bus i'll bring my kindle more or my switch or something and like actually yeah. read stuff do you have any recommendations for this week what have you been really enjoying outside of games um other uh, than dragon ball other than dragon ball um my friend just turned me on to, um, and I know that you're going to tune out for this, but uh, no, 
the the creator of One Punch Man made a really good uh, oh yeah an, another really good series called Mob Psycho 100 that's fucking phenomenal. Um, I've, so I've got that. I've been diving back into the rule book for Star Wars since we're going to be picking that up. Um, Sweet, and we're getting our group together and building characters with them. Um, so me and the GM are going to kind of be guiding everyone along that. So I'm trying to get as honed up on the rules for that as I can. Cool. Um, um, podcast wise, uh, I got, I fell behind on, um, history of fun. So I had a few episodes of that, which was nice. Um, Mm -hmm. been listening to binge mode because they had two, two episodes on, um, one each for the the good place seasons one and two. Um, which is like a, a really, really good, like, um, like rhetorical criticism of like, like that's what the podcast is. Like they take like pop culture things. Like they did, um, last Jedi when last Jedi came out, they did black mirror season four shape of water, which actually I need to go back and listen to. Cause I finally saw that. Um, nice. But yeah, like it's two like very funny, like very, uh, engaging people. Um, cause th- th- this podcast initially was they, <laughs> um, in preparation for season seven of game of Thrones, they went and they did, an hour to hour and a half long episode for each episode of game of Thrones. Whoa. Um, oh, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the archive now. It's, uh, I, I like the stuff they've done since then. Yes. Um, so they so. actually were on, um, like, so season six, I think, uh, HBO had their after, um, like their talk show, like after mm-hmm. the show show. Um, and these two people were on it. Um, mm. and then, um, they, they both work for the ringer and, uh, they've been doing, this podcast form since and they've been doing weekly they're about to do um like what they did for game of thrones like a super deep dive they're going to do for harry potter uh soon cool um so that and then um i feel like there's another podcast i've been listening to um the adventure zone's been really good they've been doing um a new campaign yeah so they've been doing a um a game called um i think it's monster of the week Mm -hmm. um and it's like a it feels like a very like almost like Twin Peaksy like TV show vibe like yeah like a really like kind of like pulp story and it, it's so nice and it's really cool and Justin's character has like so it's set in West Virginia and he has like this like like he pulls out like his West Virginia accent and it's so good nice um, um but yeah that's kind of been what I've been into um Good Place yeah, podcast good place about the Good Place um I yeah I just finished uh, that. Mob Psycho 100 last night, and then, um, yeah, this podcast. Cool. Um, I have I finished the Star Wars Thrawn book, which I thought was really good. Oh, nice. Um, that was a little bit more of like a political drama than I was expecting, and I thought that was really interesting in Star Wars. See, yeah, like, so yeah, like my my main bitch about people who hate on the prequels, and they're like, oh, it was yeah. just about like politics. I'm like, so that's not right. I just don't think they were very good at handling it. Yeah. I, I like the prequels just fine, I guess. But yeah, like, like, but the, yeah. like honestly, that's and even like, it wasn't honestly, the fact that they were spending time on politics that made it bad. It was a lot of other things. Yeah, like I, I didn't mind that stuff. It's yeah. you know, like for me, like the big thing is like most of these performances are like actively bad. Yeah, exactly. Um, um but but so yeah. I months ago I bought the uh, the Claudia Gray leia books that she's written she's written one called Bloodline are good and one just called like leia princess of Alder- alderaan or something yeah um because it's con- uh um chronologically before bloodline i started the her most recent one which is the princess of alderaan 
And that's just like a super cool, awesome book about Leia as a teenager learning how to be a senator. And like, I feel like it's going to be at the birth of the rebellion and her parents are heavily involved. And like all of a sudden they just like stop paying attention to her. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting um, because they're they're so busy with planning this rebellion. Yeah. Um, So that, that's been really cool. And then uh, podcast wise, um, if you're interested in like lefty politics with a different perspective, Mm -hmm. I cannot recommend the Trillbilly workers party enough it's three people from like Kentucky and the Appalachian mountains, basically mm-hmm. who are fed up with the way the media portrays their, their part of the country and how they yeah. get blamed for so much mm-hmm. and how the, they just want to like educate people about problems that they're actually facing yeah. and like cool. what their lives are actually like. And they do it in a really funny, laid back, chill way. Yeah. I, I have a friend who, um, she like writes for Marvel and stuff now, but she's from mm-hmm. Mississippi and like, yeah, she hates that shit yeah. so much. And so, so there, there was really a cool. book that came out like a year and a half ago, maybe at this point called the hillbilly elegy or something mm-hmm. by JD Vance. Who's like local to their hometown, the mm-hmm. host's hometown. And, um, it gets so much wrong and it's such bullshit and they hate it. And it inspired them to start this podcast to like nice. that, that <laughs> nice. like, like the media was talking about it, like as a, Hey, if you want to understand Trump's America, read this book and it's, it's fucked up. Yeah. Um, and they just um, had Nick Offerman on, which was awesome. Sweet, yeah. So, um, so in the, back to Star Wars real quick. Did you read yeah. any of um, From a Certain Point of View? No, not yet. I, I Yeah, I, I was like I put that on my Christmas list like deliberately yeah. near the top, and I didn't get it, and I was very upset by it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like Griffin McElroy has a story in there. Paul Dini Gary has a story Witta. in there. Yeah, yeah. Gary Witta, um, Chuck Wendig. Uh, yeah. Like there's a lot of really good. I think one of the... Gr- Green Brothers? Am I yeah, wrong? I think so. I'm not seeing his name on here, and I imagine that they put it on the list. Uh, but yeah, uh, I want to get that because I love to check that out. Um, yeah, I'm very, you know, I, for a while I was like on a nonfiction kick where I was just like reading a bunch of depressing stuff about our world, yeah. and I still have those books to read, but yeah. I'm like, oh, these Star Wars ones are, they make me feel good, and yeah. they don't, no, like I've, not too challenging. I've been wanting to get back into, like, I have a lot of, uh, um, short stories from Ursula K. Le Guin um, yeah. that I like. I have on my desk that I've been meaning to get back to. Like I pulled those out of a box in my garage whenever she passed away. I've been, yeah. I've been meaning to get back to them, but I have those, and I have um, Colony in a Nation by Chris Hayes. Ah, I want to um, read that one too. Yeah, uh, Evan has it, and so I've been meaning cool. to borrow it from him and read it. Just yeah, like my my mind hasn't been in the right place to sit down and read. Totally. Um, I mean, like. Hopefully whenever uh, spring starts coming and the sun actually comes out in Seattle, like I'll actually yeah. be in a mindset where I'm okay to do that. But uh, Totally. It's been a rough um, month and a half or so. Yeah. I, I think whenever Dragon Ball Super ends, like I'll just kind of like be forced to do that. It's like, mm-hmm. like honestly, like I spend a lot of time thinking about Dragon Ball Super ending and where it's at right now because it's so good. And uh, I, I also, <laughs> I love that when we were at Brian's house, uh, uh, like I was, I was just showing him like the coolest fight scenes and like yeah. you came out of the, like the guest room and you're just like, you guys are fucking nerds. Yeah. So, something that to that effect. Me being and a, then, a jerk, but now no, here and, I am. Yeah, no. And, and I mean, a lot of that weekend was built on the premise of like, oh, we're being a bunch of nerds. And cause the night Same before wrong, you guys yeah. got there, um, like that was our designated night where we were going to watch anime before you and your wife showed mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm glad you came full circle because like really like it's just such a joyful show. Like, it, it's true. 
Like it's it's so good. It's very yeah. wholesome. Well, he, while you think about Dragon Ball Super ending, I think I need to think about this show ending for this week. Ah, Unless you have something else to say. No, I've I've said <laughs> I've said so much. Um Thank you for listening to our show, which is often about video games. You can follow fans of genre on Twitter, and I'm at Rhodes Clark. Um, um, well, let, let me uh, delete Brian's thing. Yeah, don't uh, follow Brian on Twitter. No, I'm at Mikey Krieger. If you want to follow Brian, he's Brian T. Swanson. Um, True. But I don't know why. Is that his public one now? I know, he's, I know yes. that boy's got private. His public one is Brian T. Swanson, and then he has another one that we probably okay, shouldn't Brian say. Brian T. Swanson. Um, a big thank you to John Bash, who recorded our awesome theme song. Find more of his music at johnbash.com. Um, that's going to do it for us. As fans of the genre, we hope you found something to enjoy. Hail to the episode 50, baby. Hell yeah. <laughs>